Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola Shokumbi. I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance. The Clever Girls Know podcast is a podcast for women, offering a space for conversations around personal finance, business, life, and living. I'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast, and you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes. And if you love what you listen to, head on over to iTunes and leave a review so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. I'd also love for you to stop by clevergirlfinance.com. We have new content on the blog multiple times a week. We have over 30 plus free courses. Plus, when you sign up for a course, you can talk to a Clever Girl Finance mentor for free to get encouragement, motivation, or if you just want to have an open, no shame, no judgment girl talk. Finally, check out our YouTube channel. Just search Clever Girl Finance on YouTube. And if you don't already follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Clever Girl Finance. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. Hi, Nika. Hi, Bola. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great as well. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Clever Girl Slow Podcast, where you are going to share your amazing story of how you paid off $21,000 of your student loans in just 11 months. But before we dive into the gist of the topic, I'd love for you to tell everyone who you are and what you do. Absolutely. So everyone knows me as Nika of Financially Winning, and I wear many hats. I am in the accounting profession, so that is what I went to school for. And then, of course, I am the founder of Financially Winning, which is a personal finance platform that focuses on ensuring that people understand and know the basic fundamentals of finance, making sure that they know about budgeting and how to pay off debt, and even getting started with saving money and eventually getting into their wealth building journey. I am also a travel blogger, so I love to travel. So I wear that hat as well from the travel aspect. And I just love being online, sharing with people more information about finances, because the more people there are out there, the better for everyone that's listening to all of us on these different platforms. That is so true. Well, thank you for that introduction to who you are. And it's pretty cool that you are a travel blogger and you're able to do that now that you've paid off all this debt. (laughs) Yes. And I have actually been simultaneously still traveling while I was on my journey with my student loan. So um, yeah, that's a whole other thing as well that I made sure that I still found the time and money to account for that in my budget because I definitely don't believe in deprivation, Mm -hmm. even whatever journey that you're on, whether that's just saving money or trying to get rid of maybe just your credit card debt or things like that. I don't believe in depriving yourself on your journey. I agree. So let's talk about the beginnings of your journey and you had had $21,000 in student debt. Was this all student loans? Was this loans that you use specifically for tuition? I'd love for you to share a bit more about what the debt consisted of, what made up that $21,000. Absolutely. So 
that was all student loan debt. It was about $21,850-something to be more exact. <laughs> crazy, crazy amount. So I'm originally from the Virgin Islands, and I'm a dual citizen. So I knew that I wanted to pursue higher education. So as soon as I was completed with my associate degree in the Virgin Islands, I moved and then I began studying for accounting for my bachelor's degree. So okay. I did have a lot of scholarships to get me through majority of undergrad, but right at the tail end, I pretty much ran out of my large scholarship money. So I had to then find like ways to supplement that to finish out school. I took a small amount of student loans for undergrad to complete my bachelor's in accounting. And then I took a year off so that I could make sure that I have in-state tuition to go to grad school. So then when I went to grad school after my year break, so that was kind of my gap year, I then went into grad school to complete my MBA program. And that's where majority of the student loans were taking out. I did seek scholarships and I did get scholarships while I was in grad school and tuition reimbursement and things like that. However, that was me taking out student loans to just cover the remaining for my program. Okay. So you come out of college, you have the student loan debt. Did you find a job right away? Yes, I did. The one thing I would say is I prioritize doing a lot of internships while I was doing my bachelor's degree. So by the time I had completed college, I had different opportunities lined up for me that I was able to pursue. And because I was not quite sure exactly what I wanted to do, I had like internships lined up during like mm -hmm. that gap year that allowed me to do a little bit more exploring before I started grad school. Yeah, so that also gave you the opportunity to, because of your experience and because of the relationship you had built, to be able to find that job right away. Do you mind sharing what your income was at that first job? Yes. If I remember correctly, I was probably around like 50000 or so starting out as a staff accountant at a company. So hmm, yeah, around like 50000 I would say, was my beginning salary right out of college. Okay. So you have 21,000. Let's just round it up to $22,000. That's too sure. right? Because 21,850 <laughs> and then add some interest, that's $22,000. And yep. you, get, <laughs> you get this job where you're earning 50K and you pay off this debt in 11 months. So what was your reasoning behind it? What was your enough is enough moment? What compelled you to want to become debt-free right away to pay off this debt so quickly? And I ask this because the norm for many, many people is they graduate college, they get a good job, and they just go with the payment plan for their student loans, whether it's five years, 10 years, 15 years, whatever it is, not many people are compelled to want to put the money they get from their first big job towards debt when they could be getting the apartment, getting the car, taking trips, buying the clothes. So right. what made you want to get rid of that debt immediately? Because 21,000 out of 50,000 before taxes. So let's say we take out taxes, you're probably doing about 40K. That's over half of your take-home pay in 11 months. So what was your reason? What was your why? 
Yes. So my student loan journey was something that started a little after I had actually graduated from undergrad. When I had that starting job, I was still going through college as a grad student. So at that time, I was still in school and I was like, okay, that wasn't like my primary focus at that point. My journey really started in 2020 when I was like, okay, I got to get this done. After I completed grad school, the funny thing is that, you know, that they give you like the six month grace period. During that time, Mm. I was like, I'm not going to worry about this. Like I knew that I had to pay back my student loans, but I didn't really like take advantage of like that six month grace period that they give you after graduating. So when that time came around and I got like my first, like, here's your payment, like you're officially out of school, here's your payment. I immediately called and I got myself basically on an income based repayment plan. Okay. So that was able to reduce what my minimum payment was. So my minimum payment was roughly about like a hundred and if I remember correctly, a hundred and like $40 a month. So I pretty much just paid that, paid the minimum for the remaining half of the year because my loans basically became due around like June, July is when I got my first payment. So after I did that, I came into 2020 and I was like, okay, I really want to begin tackling my student loan debt. Literally, this was my plan oh, I'm going to get some money from my tax return, like sometime in the spring, you know, like about Mm -hmm. February or so. So I had this idea that I will put at least a little lump sum payment, even if it's a couple hundred bucks, and that will kind of jumpstart my journey. And I'm going to be putting on my principal and all of these things. Then, as we all know, the pandemic happened. And all of those plans just went on pause because I was like, I don't know what's going to be going on. I was not sure like how that would affect any type of income that I have coming in, how that would just affect just the world, to be honest. So I quickly paused and said, okay, I'm not going to really focus on tackling this debt right now. So basically that's what happened. And then I felt comfortable around like June 2020. And that's when my journey finally truly began. Because at that point, I was saving up some money just in case, not sure what was going to happen with the pandemic. So instead of me just putting the money towards the student loans during that uncertain time, I was putting away the money just in case I wanted to add that to like my emergency fund. So I was just saving the money just to see what would be the outcome of the pandemic. So then June 2020 came and that's when I paid off my first two student loans. And then I went from there. Okay. So from a timeline perspective, you did graduate, you did get the job, but then you you had that six months where you didn't have to make any payments. And then you applied for the income-based repayment plan, which brought your payments about a hundred and something. And then 
coming into 2020, you started putting money aside, thinking about paying off your loans. But then when the pandemic hit (laughs) and when the pandemic hit and we started navigating the craziness, you realized that, you know what, I'm going to save money, but I really need to get rid of of this debt. So your debt payoff is is fairly recent, right? Because if you started focusing on it in June of last year, that means you really just paid off your debt a couple months ago. (laughs) Yes. It was definitely a very unique situation with the pandemic. And of course, I had all federal student loans, which I was so thankful for because with the pandemic forbearance, of course, that afforded a lot of people the opportunity to either just pay on the principal if student loans were their priority at the time. It was mine. So I used the forbearance of not having to pay any interest on my loans and just having no payments due at all during this time. So I used that to my advantage and I was just tackling my debt every single month. That is so smart. And that's the advice I've been giving everyone, especially those who have federal student loans, given that the forbearance program was put in place. I think it has even been extended again. There were a number of options that people could leverage to get ahead with their finances as a result of the forbearance. So there is what you did, which was you took advantage of the fact that interest was not capitalizing and no payments were due. And you just put as much money as you could each month towards your debt to pay it off and save tons of money, thousands of dollars in potential future interest if you had stayed with your loan for the life of the loan. So that's one option, taking advantage of the forbearance and the no required payments to really get ahead on your debt and put as much money as possible to the principal. The other option was take that money, knowing that your student loans are not accumulating interest, payments are not due, and put that money to any other high interest debt that you have and take advantage of the fact that your student loans are not requiring payments right now, but that money can go towards helping you pay off another debt or use that money to bulk up your emergency savings, again, because payments are not due and interest is not accumulating on your student loan. So super smart of you to have taken that approach to being able to pay off your loans. That's really, really incredible. And you saved yourself a ton of money because I'm sure when you got your amortization schedule for your student loans, you probably have like a 10 or 15 or maybe even 20 year payment plan for that $22,000, right? Right. Yeah. I actually looked at one of the first loans that I paid off, which was June 2020. I think the original payoff date that they had calculated was like 2029. (laughs) So, And that was like one of the earlier loans that I had taken out for like undergrad. And I was like, this is insane. Wow. Yeah, that 22,000 would have ended up costing you a ton more. So let's talk about specifics, right? So you've paid off your loans. By the way, congratulations. You should be super proud of your accomplishment. That is incredible. But You mentioned you had been saving, but you were not earning six figures. It's $22,000 in 11 months is a considerable amount of money to pay off, right? What were you doing each month to pay off your debt? How were you planning your budget? How were you allocating your funds? What were you sacrificing when it came to being able to pay off that $22,000 over those 11 months? Yes, absolutely. And I did a number of things, but I would say the first thing is I first understood how much I owed. So that was the first thing off the bat. I had to figure out 
exactly like how much did I owe and what did I need to pay back? Of course, the pandemic forbearance helped a lot because I knew that the balance that I was seeing was all that I needed to tackle once that forbearance would be in place. So I first figured out how much I owed and how much I needed to pay back. And I then made sure that I tightened my budget. So there were a few things that, you know, I maybe had cut. To be honest, even travel was sort of cut during this time because of the pandemic. Of course, a lot of people were not traveling as much. So a lot of the money that I probably would have been spending towards travel because I used to travel like every month prior to the pandemic. So a lot of that, even though I was still saving towards travel, I still was able to use a lot more of that money to then put it towards my student loans. I really just tightened my budget to make sure that I was saving on like my fixed expenses. So just for example, I made sure that I reduced my phone bill. I reduced my electricity bill, just to name a few. These are some of the things that I did to be able to reduce some of my expenses. And during the time, if there was something that I really wanted to splurge on, I would just do a quick side hustle to get like that extra income. And then I would say, oh, well, that's going to go towards, let's just say like I wanted like a new gadget. I would have said like, okay, well, I'm going to try to side hustle to get that extra income just to purchase that one thing. But I didn't use like any type of side hustle income for like student loans, but that was more for like being able to splurge. And that's how I was able to put some of those things in my budget while still tackling my debt. That makes sense. And so you chose intentionally to sacrifice the travel, cut back on your expenses, manage your bills to the best of your ability in terms of where you could cut back in order to be able to put the money you needed towards paying down that debt. And, you know, and that makes sense because when you're trying to accomplish something like saving a ton of money or paying off a large amount of debt, the timeline you pursue really depends on your earnings, obviously, but also what you're willing to sacrifice to be able to accelerate your goals, right? You could have kept traveling and doing everything you wanted to do, pandemic or not, because you were still employed. And you could have stuck to that 2029 payment plan (laughs) if you wanted to, right? So (laughs) it's really about setting that intention, which is what you did, and just saying, okay, I'm going to sacrifice right now, to get ahead of this. And now that that debt is gone, you can pretty much do the traveling, focus on your investments and your savings, treat yourself and live your best life, which is which is really incredible. So I can imagine that over those 11 months, it wasn't exciting to have to write a check for thousands of dollars every month to your student loan servicer. So how did you keep yourself motivated and how did you manage the days where you just did not want to pay debt? You wanted to go out and spend money. (laughs) Right. And I think that is such a really good question because I think sometimes people would see maybe what they consider like an accelerated payoff timeline. And they're like, were you even living? You know, were you even like doing anything fun? And honestly, I still was. So as I pretty much mentioned, even though with the pandemic and travel being 
down for the rest of the world and we had to, you know, be quarantined or just, you know, at home waiting it out. I was still able to put money towards travel every month. So that definitely kept me motivated, just thinking about some of the trips that I'll be taking, like bigger trips that I'll be taking when I'm finally done with this. But I also took trips in between. So that kept me motivated as well. And then another thing that kept me motivated is just knowing that I could be able to transform this money into investments and savings when I'm finally done with this. That was a big motivation of mine, just knowing that if I just really tackle this debt and really focus in on it, I eventually won't have any debt payments anymore. And then these can turn into things that I really want to do, which is especially building wealth. So those were some of the things that kept me motivated. And of course, you know, just encouragement from family and friends and the debt-free community, like online, on like Instagram, more specifically, it was very motivating. And also knowing that I was motivating other people because I was sharing my journey along the way and people were motivated by that. So I love that you shared your journey with other people because obviously it motivates other people, but in a way, when you are sharing your journey and you're putting yourself out there, you kind of make yourself accountable to having to live up to what you say you're going to do, <laughs> especially when you post it publicly, right? So it was also not just exactly. motivating others, but you motivating yourself. Exactly. So it was literally like an accountability thing as well, because knowing that if I set a goal of, hey, guys, like I'm going to try to put a thousand dollars towards my student loans this month, showing that journey, like because I used to also make like smaller payments if I could, like during the month. And then at the end of the month, you know, that would kind of be like my big payment. So it was good to just kind of like bring people along that journey, because I think regardless of where you are, how long it takes you, I think everyone should definitely have a debt plan in place, a debt payoff plan in place so that they're able to tackle their debt, regardless of how much you have. If you just tackle one thing at a time, and that's one thing that I did with the debt snowball, because I just arranged all of my different student loans from the smallest to the largest, and I just tackled each one along the way. So that was definitely added motivation as well. I came mm -hmm. up with a plan and I tackled the debt using the debt snowball method. So I was just seeing one student loan just disappear at a time. Let me ask you this. Now that you are in this space where you have paid off this debt, what is your focus? What is your five-year, 10-year financial goal slash plan? What do you want to accomplish now that you've opened up room with your finances to do more with your money? My biggest thing right now is prioritizing additional savings. Because if it's one thing the pandemic has taught us is that we need additional money because even if like the three to six month emergency fund, like, yes, that is the suggested amount. But just me personally, I always felt that 
now with the pandemic, I even want more than that. And that's Mm -hmm. just my personal thing for my finances. So personal finance is personal. I do think that people should still tag it to have three to six months at least. But just for me, I'm more comfortable with having more than six months because, for example, this pandemic has been ongoing for almost two years now. It's already past a year and a half. And we're still in the pandemic. We're still seeing that people have been affected, especially financially. Thankfully, I was not in that position. But still, I would just prefer to make sure that I have an extra cushion. And having that money there is very important to me. And then, of course, my wealth building journey, my main focus is building wealth. So I have also been prioritizing investing since I have finished tackling my student loans. I couldn't agree with you more. You know, one thing that folks need to keep in mind regarding this pandemic is that it's not going to resolve itself overnight. It's going to be a gradual transition. And we are living through the motions of variants, of economic distress. And a lot of people are still holding themselves together as a result of aid, whether it's student loan forbearance, whether it is eviction moratorium, whether it is deferred payments on mortgages or other types of debt, whether it's unemployment or stimulus or child tax credit, there are many things in place that are helping to kind of hold people's lives together. But those things are not sustainable long-term, which means they're not going to stay in place forever. And those programs will start to end as the pandemic starts to resolve itself. And it's important that people have, especially those who are fortunate enough to be employed right now, to have income coming in, that they start to build their buffers and they have fallback fallback accounts, fallback money, so that if the economy is not so great, we can still navigate through. Absolutely. And I agree with you wholeheartedly, Bola, because it's definitely a privilege to still be employed during these trying times. And I think that's something that people definitely should not take for granted. And if you can get ahead with your financial situation because you're in a good spot, I definitely highly recommend for people to do that, create that plan, whether it's building up that emergency fund, tackling at least some of your high interest debt, and then also trying to prioritize some type of investment savings. I definitely recommend that people come up with a overall financial strategy because the pandemic has definitely taught us a lot. Thanks for sharing that, Nika. And just a couple more questions before I let you go. So if you take yourself back to where you were when you first graduated college and you realized the burden of this debt, (laughs) you started getting the statements in the mail or (laughs) your your inbox and you're like, wow, I have $22,000 of student loans to pay. I would love for you to share any encouragement, words of advice based on how you felt back then, but what you know now that you are the Mm -hmm. other side of the debt for someone who is in that same position where they are faced with a large amount of debt, whether it's student loans, credit cards, whatever it might be. And they're in that early stage where you were, where they're starting to recognize, wow, I have this debt and I want to pay it off. What words of encouragement, advice, motivation would you give that person? If I knew what I knew now back then, 
one thing I would say is I would have probably taken advantage of that six month grace period because time definitely flies. And I probably would have been a little bit more proactive during that time to start tackling my student loans earlier. And the other thing I would say is just making sure that I had a debt payoff plan. Like it was an idea that I had, but I didn't solidify my plan until like past a year or so after I had graduated from grad school. So I think if I had a plan earlier, I would have probably had already began tackling it at least during that period when they gave you the grace period. And even probably while I was still in grad school, because I was a working professional, I worked throughout grad school. So that's one thing I would say. The next thing though, I would literally just say to anyone out there that's trying to get started with tackling their debt or just trying to keep up with tackling their debt or any other financial goal. Remember that your path is your path. You can see a story like mine and find encouragement, but that doesn't mean that your story should look or sound exactly like mine. Mm -hmm, Just mm -hmm. depending on your circumstances, you may have financial help from maybe a partner or a spouse. You may have children. It may just be you. You may have a high paying job. You may be mid-range income. But I think it's just knowing that your story is your story. And once you're comfortable with the plan that you have in place for your financial situation, you can definitely achieve debt freedom or achieve whatever financial goal that you are currently working towards. And you may see highlight reels on Instagram, right? Mm -hmm. But remember (laughs) that those people have their own lives as well that they're doing behind the scenes. And that's one thing I also try to talk about mistakes that I've made or, hey, guys, like I'm going over budget right now. Here's how I'm adjusting my budget and just different things like that so that people can see it's not always like, oh, yeah, I have a perfect budget every single month. And I've been, you know, I was able to tackle all this debt. I do try to just show people a little bit more of the day-to-day. So I'm very active on Instagram stories just to give people a little bit more insight so that they can stay encouraged. Well, thank you so much for sharing that, Nika. That's really great advice. I'm glad that you have a platform where you're also sharing your experiences and your progress and you're motivating and inspiring other people to do the same because we need more voices. We need more women in the space. Just making success with money a normal conversation and making it less intimidating and less scary and just making it part of who we are. We are good with money when we are intentional about it and People like you and the incredible guests who have come on Clever Girl Finance are showcasing that every single day. So thank you for what you do. Thank you. And I definitely agree with you. There needs to be more of us, you know, because the more of us that's out there speaking and teaching, the more people will hear from us. Absolutely. So before I let you go, you have to tell everyone what is your Clever Girl superpower? All right. So my Clever Girl superpower would probably be 
being able to motivate people and teach. It's funny that, of course, my background is not in teaching per se, but I am a natural teacher and I'm able to really explain things in a very simple format so people can understand. And I am a very good motivator. Like I can get anyone to just pick themselves back up for sure. I love that. (laughs) And finally, (laughs) finally, let everybody know how they can keep in touch with you and keep up with your progress and learn more about financially winning. Absolutely. I am on Instagram and Facebook, Pinterest at financially winning for social media platforms. And then you can also visit my website, which is it's financially winning. So I T S financiallywinning.com and you can grab a free money toolkit on my website to get you started with your journey whether that's trying to figure out budgeting you know there's like a template an expense tracker and things in there to help you get started so that's where you can find me awesome i'm be sure to include that great information to your site and your social media in the show notes as well Thank you so much, Nika, for making time to share your incredible story with us. Thank you so much, Bola. I really appreciate the opportunity and I look forward to chatting with some of your guests when they find me. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode and I hope you enjoyed it. If you've loved the episode, but you don't yet subscribe to the podcast, you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes and head on over to iTunes and leave a review so other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Thank you so much for being here and I'll talk to you on the next episode.